Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. It wasn't anything premeditated. It was just me just going through reading the defense. And when you start to feel it, you start to keep going. But, yeah, um, sometimes you just you got to just go from the jump. And then Boyan, you know, it's just I make a joke. It's still great to have Boyan, man, like to be able to just, you know, I think I had you know, 12, you know, start the game. And he's right there with 12, you know, just being able to pick up that, that scoring. So that 12 doesn't have to be 16, 18, you know, be able just to you know, take the load off a little bit. Donovan Mitchell talking about the Jazz wins this weekend. Bogdanovich with another big weekend shooting the ball. As expected, they prevail at home, PK. That, what he was talking about here, taking the pressure off him. We were talking about that before the season started. Where's that second reliable score? And Bogdanovich has been that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's, I think he's played better than expected. His aggressiveness, we've been talking around it for a month now. Season's now a month underway. And you'd have to grade him out as being an excellent addition to this ball club, providing it what it's what it needs. Uh, they've pretty much done what they're supposed to do to this point one month in. You know, a blip here and there. Maybe a win or two that you didn't expect. Uh, so they're right where they need to be. And they certainly need to be there because you're looking, looking at the standings. I was looking at it this morning before I left the house. You know, a lot of good teams in the West like we expected. So you've got to keep pace. You cannot afford to fall too far behind Well, I think specifically the Lakers. Uh, I'm not surprised that the Clippers, Mavericks, Jazz, and Rockets are where they are, but we thought maybe the West would beat itself up, and that's not happening with the Lakers. They're 14-2, and and that's a great start. It's only a start, obviously, but it's still a great start. So you're not surprised where the Mavericks are? I should not have said that. You are right. I am surprised where the Mavericks are. (laughs) I was going to say. I lumped them in there. That was a bad call. (laughs) Nuggets 12-3, and probably a little better than I would have expected. Uh, That any of these teams are winning about... 70% 70% of their games or so. Mavericks aside, we'll get to that. All right, the uh, Jazz open a road trip. There's some good tests in this road trip. Five games, eight days, and it starts with Milwaukee. Get on to Kempo right out of the gate. They, with the Celtics, having a couple injuries here. The Bucks have now caught the Celtics and they have the best record in the East. So it's 13 it's three, Mil- yeah. Milwaukee tonight, and Philly's waiting at the end of the trip. Philly is, uh, like the Jazz, playing all right. Not outstanding, but they're off to a pretty strong start, and obviously we know they got a bunch of talent, so see them at the end of the trip. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Doncic middle of the floor, 10 to shoot against Capella. He'll put it on the floor, he'll drive him, got him on his hip, shoots the floater, scores with the foul! Hardaway will inbound. Got into Doncic, turning left, will shoot the three, hit it! He brings people out of his seats with that one. It's a 41-point game for Doncic and the Mavericks back up by 19. Luka Doncic continues to amaze, putting up massive numbers, 41 points, 10 assists. Didn't get his triple-double, PK, merely six rebounds. He's 20 years old, and he is kicking butt and taking names. The Mavericks outscore the Rockets, and... As the Jazz and Jazz fans consider how you can beat the Rockets, you know, and how do you stop Harden, you don't. Houston gets their 123 points. You get 137. You just outscore them, and that's, that's what Dallas did. Luka Doncic right now at his age is better than Jordan, better than Magic. Bird wasn't in the league. Better than LeBron. 
was at his age. He is a leading, leading candidate for MVP. He's just outrageously good. There's no other way to say it. I mean, his numbers, if you just go on stats, which are being accompanied by a fair amount of wins, are just sensational for 20 years of age. I don't know that we've done this in my lifetime. We've seen this to this level. Dallas Mavericks 11-5. So like you say, a strong record. Uh, The stats are mind-blowing. I'm surprised some of the names you threw in there. Better than Magic, better than Bird. I mean, the stats are, but Magic won the title his first year. Bird won it his second. Now, Magic went to a team. It's kind of apples and oranges. Magic went to a team with a lot of talent. Doncic, I mean, they got Porzingis, but, man, they were they were really struggling. Yeah, I don't think Magic went to a team with a lot of talent. I think once he got there, then the team had a lot of talent. So that was a little bit of why I was surprised that... But statistically... I have to just look, go I raw numbers. I don't think Magic, Magic chose 30, not, 10, and 9, no, 8. Magic chose not to score. He was passing the ball to other guys. But then when he had to in the NBA Finals, he did. Leaving us all thinking, saying you he's can better. do that whenever you want. I'm saying statistically, yep. I would take Magic over virtually anybody at any time because I'm a Magic honk. This is still an awesome start by Don here. The Clippers getting their guys together. You know, for a team that really hasn't had their guys together, it's kind of been piecemeal here and there. 12-5, and five, and Doc Rivers has said, you know, this isn't a great team yet. We're trying to win. We're trying to figure out how all the pieces fit. But blew the Pelicans off the floor, 134-109. They're 12-5. and five. Haven't played a lot of road games. It's been a home-heavy schedule for them so far. But they have uh, the thought that they could still get better. Everybody knew got better. Pretty impressive. All right, what do you think about the report? The NBA is going to um, dramatically alter tradition here. It, was a little, it felt like a little bit of a trial balloon. You think they let that go just to kind of gauge reaction before they got out in front of it too so much? So do you have to win a seven-game series in June to be the NBA champion? Yes. That part doesn't sound like they're messing with Then I don't care. Okay. <laughs> because everyone's playing under the same set of rules. And come June... I want my NBA Finals. I prefer it to go seven games, but that's up to the teams, obviously. And then at the end of that, we have the winner, and that is the team that won that particular year. Whatever year, dash, another year, because it bleeds over to this calendar year. And then a week later, we have the NBA Draft. So as long as that goes, they can do whatever they want. Postseason playing, maybe you have 7, 8, 9, 10, play one game, NCAA tournament style to get those last two spots, limit the number of teams in the lottery that are tanking, give them some incentive. Yeah, it, but it doesn't really matter because it's not like baseball where pitching can change everything. Yeah, in baseball we've seen the wild card this year <laughs> in the World Series uh, with Washington. And even in football to an extent. We have seen wild cards yeah. doing it in football. And in yeah. basketball, I assume whoever wins those 7, 8, 9, 10 games is right. going to get drilled nine years out of 10 by the one or two seed. And the one year they pull off the miracle win, they'll probably go out in the next round. Yeah. So to me, that's all cosmetic. I, I don't really care if you're down at the end. Some of those teams are good. It's not like all those teams that are 7, 8, 9, what have you, are bad. Some years, particularly in the East, they have been bad. But other years, there's some quality teams down there. Uh, and teams that are building something, so that's good for them to get some postseason experience if they can return all their guys the following years and all that stuff. So that might be good. 
But for me as a consumer, whatever they decide, I'd be fine with as long as we have the playoff that we know. And I don't even care if they don't even want to have it East versus West and they just want to reseed and have what they perceive as the best two teams. I'm fine with that, too. They're looking at reseeding once they get down to four teams. That's fine. Kind of minimize the travel there in those first couple rounds, I assume, is what they're thinking. And then try to make sure that the best teams aren't going against each other in a conference final. How they would reseed, they didn't spell that out. I mean, just maybe straight by record or I can't imagine they do it any other way, but they didn't say so. And then they're looking at an in-season tournament, 30 teams, single elimination, lower in the regular season to 78 games. So I guess the two teams go to the finals and end up playing 83. They want to put some kind of financial incentives there. It's just the contracts are so big now. I don't know how big they can make the financial incentives, but I guess we'll see when they figure that out. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Utes and the Aggies both playing, and in similar situations, really close games. Tulane outscores Utah 10 to nothing to end the game over the final four minutes and a handful of seconds there. And Tulane comes back to win 65-61. Utah State, down 59-57, goes on an 11-0 run to end the game. And they're 7-0. The 15th-ranked Aggies beat North Texas 68-59. You impressed by any of that? Or are you just letting them work out the kinks while we're watching football and you'll figure it out later? Yeah, I'm not paying a whole lot of attention. I, I guess we're supposed to think that LSU is good or something. Sure. That's I don't know that. I don't know how the SEC stacks up. I mean... I couldn't. I'm not going to pretend. I have no idea who's on LSU's basketball team. I can lie and look up stats and act like I know, but I don't. BYU plays UCLA tonight. More tournament action. It's the Cougars and the Bruins and the Maui Invitational. ESPN 2 at 930 if you want to stay up. I'll stay up for a bit. I'm not going to stay up for the whole game. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. So now it's Moss. And a first down and more. Moss. Touchdown, Utah. 41 yards. For Zach Moss. 24 carries, 188 yards now for Moss as Pandy and the Wildcats could not make a stop. And the extra point is right down the middle for Redding. You're undefeated in your 60s. That's right. That's right. Yeah, thank you, PK. You got that's, that's good. I'll go home and tell my wife that. The Utes, 35-7 over Arizona. I was driving home. I heard Frank Dolce on the post-game show sum it up. It was boring. It needs to be boring. They need to win the eyeball test. They're way better. They need to look like they're way better. They need to thrash these teams. And that's what they did. That's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree. I thought of you. They had a shot at the end of the game, and the stadium was pretty empty as the youths kind of jogged off the field and looking happy and all that. And no traffic for you post-game, which you said you've seen many times. You expected to see it again. And sure enough. They chased everybody away early. Oh, yeah. I didn't even leave uh, my hotel until like 7.15. Oh, really? Yeah. And I stroll into the... Yeah, because I knew there would be nobody there. Yeah. U of A is just an absolute mess. I was listening to their post game just to revel. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let your inner sun devil out. Yeah, they got some ex-players talking about how uh, he said uh, the... Uh, 
coaching staff, you know, changed over. They ran off a lot of guys. That's what he ran. Randolph. Yeah, they ran off. R A N N E D. Rand? Yeah, I assume it was two ends. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, but they're an absolute mess. They've got nothing. They took Khalil Tate, who looked good under Rich Rod, and made him look just miserably pathetic. Like, he's, 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 a, he's been a non factor for two years, basically. Let's hope they lose one more. Yeah, ASU next week. <laughs> Zach Moss runs for 203 yards. Arizona's team didn't pick up 203 yards. They outgained the entire team. Weird stats. All right, for the Utes now, it's Colorado. Where do you want to put? Where do you think the uh, the spread should be for this one? Well, it's been in the 20s the last two games. Yeah. I see no reason why it wouldn't be the same. 22, 23, somewhere in there. Utah by 28. 28, yeah, even higher. I will say the good thing is that Colorado beat Washington, so now they have a shot to be bowl eligible. Yep. And I will say of the last uh, games that they've played where they've just annihilated everyone, Montez is the best quarterback that they will have faced. Chenault's obviously a very good receiver. Montez, I give the kid credit. He's a tough kid. He's a, he's a gamer. You know, he hasn't had team success, but he can hit on some plays. So I don't expect them to win by any stretch. The only thing for the Utes is to find a way to control the emotions. This will be the best senior day they've had since they've been in the Pac-12. It will be the most seniors. It will be the most emotion for the number of seniors. If you're looking at a nitpick with the Arizona game, there were a lot of penalties. The Utes seem to overcome them fairly regularly. I have no idea how many penalties there are. I barely paid attention. Two 15-yard penalties on the opening drive. We were sitting there with the Utah contingent in the media just yucking it up to the point where the in-house announcer had to tell us to be quiet. (laughs) And then somebody, I guess some dot-commer, said they tweeted out that he'd never been around a group of noisier media. Because, I mean, it was funny because most of those media, they wanted the Utes to succeed at the highest level. And they were openly rooting against uh, ASU and rooting for Oregon. And I told them, you're not supposed to root in the press box. And it was funny because I was sitting, they'll never set me up. I'm not a a print guy anymore, perceived to be a print guy, even though I write for two different websites. Uh, So they don't sit me on the front row. So I was sitting in the second row. And... uh, Crythorpe was given virtually play-by-play as uh, Oregon was coming back. Well, I had called it up on the computer, and I said, Kurt, you're not supposed to root. I said, how come you only waited until Oregon started coming back to give you play-by-play? And, okay, okay. And then, because he got third and 16, right? And they're down, uh, Oregon's only down by three. Yeah. And uh, so he had, I had the actual video. He had just the play-by-play. And I said, uh, I saw the, the touchdown in the third and 16 before he had. I said, I said, oh, you're going to probably not want to call out the next play. It's <laughs> third and 16. I said, yeah, I know, but you're not going to like the next play because I'd already seen the long touchdown pass. So, I mean, that's what everybody was talking about. And that's the big thing. How much does this loss hurt the Utes? And we'll obviously get to that throughout the morning because I got some strong opinion on that. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. 
it seems like he was uh, kind of in his zone and felt really comfortable with it. And I think the first series is what he got sacked, you know. And other than that, I thought mentally he was ready to roll. So I was really happy that he's able to make some plays and you know, spread the ball out quite a bit and uh, the run game worked. And so this was a really good moment for us, especially that second quarter. That was a lot of points. 49 to nothing at the half, PK. UMass gives up 52 points a game, worst in the bowl subdivision. And if they hadn't knocked a field goal over and hit the upright, it would have been 52 to nothing at a half. It was 49 to nothing at the half. We've seen UMass play BYU four times. This was far and away the worst UMass team. They I weren't even touching guys. They I weren't anywhere near four guys. Times. I only saw them play three. I did not watch a second of this game. 56-24. Jackson McChesney, a BYU freshman record, 228 yards. They just... It looked like they were beating up on a high school team. They were so much better. Well, good. Give it up for Kenny McChesney. There it is. And the announcers during the game were ooing and on because BYU gets to go to San Diego and Hawaii to finish the season. Just you watched it? And you're, I cut the highlights. I happened to see them say that. That was luck. No, you happened I, to hear them say that. Yes, you're right. They were not on camera at the time. Got a graphic up. BYU and San Diego State, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Third and goal from the seven. Love trying to throw the fade to the outside. Oh! One hand to catch. They give it to him. Put those hands up. Put those hands up. Waiting for the signal. Caleb Rep brings the ball in. Touchdown, Utah State. Three to the far, two to the near for Love. Empty backfield. Throwing out to the outside. Intercepted touchdown, Boise. Trying to throw the out. Caught in stride. Boise walks into the end zone for a pick six. Jalen Walker saw that play coming all along. And that is about as easy of a pick six as you'll ever see. And that was the lone highlight for Utah State and the moment the game got away for the Aggies right there as Boise State crushes them 56-21. to We'll have Gary Anderson on at 8.30. A great one-handed grab to tie the game at 7, and then the pick six, it was all downhill. Immediately after that, they got blown out in the first half. Who made that great one-handed grab? Caleb Rep. Man, redemption is sweet, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> All these you years don't know, later, he's You don't know it. what we're talking about. <laughs> I got told Caleb Rep was going to be really good for the Utes. And I asked several ago. people about yes, it. just for the Aggies. And then PK made fun of me nonstop. <laughs> the point was to figure out whether Utes were having problems identifying or developing receivers. It wasn't identifying. It was developing. But under this offensive coordinator and this staff, they have finally gotten it right and the receivers have improved. But Caleb's transferred to Utah State and he's doing his thing there. One hand. It looked like P.I. too. The guy, Boise State guy didn't, the guy, Boise State guy didn't turn his head around. He had his hands all over Rep, and Rep just reached up with one hand and grabbed the ball. Toe tap. They reviewed it. It was a touchdown, and it doesn't matter when Boise State wins 56-21. to Aggies in New Mexico to wrap up the season. We'll talk with Gary coming up at 8.30. Hashtag college football. Third down and 16, and Daniels is going to throw deep. He's got IU. He makes the catch. IU at the 30, at the 20, at the 10, at the 5. Touchdown, Devils! An 81-yard catch and run. Jaden Daniels to Brandon IU. So Jaden Daniels can throw the deep ball if we learn nothing else in that game. Holy cow, Oregon's defense giving up big plays and getting beat. 
And so Oregon and Penn State both take their second loss this weekend and are out of the running for the college football playoff. It's six teams for one spot instead of eight, PK. Six one-loss teams can dream. Agreed, yes. How bad a loss is that for Utah's hopes? Seems like there's a couple scenarios going through, but it's hard to spin that it's a good thing. Maybe it's nothing. Utah did not play Oregon this year, and they will have an opportunity, and they beat the crap out of ASU. It shouldn't matter at all. should have zero implication. All this means, and I'm going to ask Kyle about this this morning at his weekly press conference, is what he's been screaming about, not screaming, but calling consistently, is that there needs to be uniformity. It is almost impossible to go through nine conference games undefeated. And there were actually... Tweets in the middle of that game that this is why, and from national media members, this is why the SEC plays eight, and this is why Alabama's playing Western Carolina this weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can substitute to whomever this game. I don't, I mean, they could have played ASU in September. So I don't know if this week has anything to do with it. Uh, it's just the point is, it's because the Utes lost in September. So, nine conference games. I've been. I said it since this conference formed to twelve teams. You will have two to three head scratchers every single year. I know you remember me saying that. You said it many times. Yes, and this was on one of them to go through. Go look it up. How many teams back on was the Pack Eight, Ten, and now Twelve have gone through undefeated? You're not going to get more than ten. I'd have to look it up for sure. But they're just—it's very, very difficult to do. And so Oregon went to the desert and got beat by an upstart team and things went their way. It's going to happen. And you're going to tell me that reflects negatively on Utah? I don't buy it. It does not reflect negatively on Utah. They didn't even play. They were uh, 100 miles to the south. I don't buy it at all. And I'm a Pac-12 guy and I'm going to stick up for this conference at this point. I would love to see Utah in. I think they deserve to be in. But I'm going back to what I wrote two weeks ago. I don't trust the folks to vote them in. That was the premise. Utah fans, there's a portion of them, unless you say Utah's the greatest thing ever, they're going to come at you. I mean, they went at Kirk Herbstreet. How <laughs> stupid do you look to go at Kirk Herbstreet? And, and, and he responded, and I retweeted, you hear what you want to hear. I mean, come at me. I'm a nobody. But don't go at Kirk Herbstreet. You just look like a fool. But that's, it's just one guy. It's just a few guys. It's just a few people. It's the it's a small, small minority. I don't think this loss has any bearing on the Utes. But I'm not naive enough to think that voters won't think it will. Okay, there you go. I, I was waiting for you to finish to say that. We'll get to that coming up. We'll run it by uh, Frank Dolce. There's a couple things. One, if the Utes lose the second game, it had no impact whatsoever. If... Auburn beats Alabama, and if Baylor beats Oklahoma, I don't think it has any impact. But assuming the favorites went out, oh, you got throwing Georgia there. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming that LSU beats Georgia in the SEC title game. But you're right. If at the end of this, the Utes have beaten Oregon and ASU, what does it matter who won between them? The Oregon win won't look as good, but the ASU win should look better. But I just think that there are people, speaking of people who see what they want to see, who'll just lump ASU in with, oh, it's a bunch of mediocre teams, it doesn't matter. 
They are a bunch of mediocre teams. But that's the nature of this conference because you're never going to have a team that has a 2-5 and five conference record beat a team that has no losses in the SEC. It's never going to happen, ever. Remember that time Vanderbilt wrecked <laughs> Alabama's? No, But in this conference, either. because this conference has a plethora of skilled players, IU is a big-time player. Big time. Daniels is a freshman, but he's a freshman at the end of his freshman season now. He's not the same freshman that struggled to score two touchdowns against Cal State Sacramento. He's a different player now. They play Oregon in September. They don't beat him. But Daniels is at the end of his freshman year, right? And deep balls. It wasn't that he put together drives and he made a series of incredible plays. That was incredible play. Those they made a series of incredible plays, <laughs> just not in the same series. They did make a handful of them. They threw it over the top, and Oregon secondary got beat deep multiple times. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. The top two defenses in the NFL were on full display, nationally televised games, and the Niners and the Patriots have the number one defense. Niners have the number two defense. And those defenses both carried their teams to victory. Defense wins championships, PK. The Patriots 13-9 over the Cowboys. Dallas, why didn't you go for it on fourth and seven at the eleven? Chance to tie it up. They didn't do it, though. Kick the field goal and lose the game 13-9. And the Niners... I don't know what Aaron Rodgers was doing. you got to protect the ball. He fumbles it early in the game. Gift wraps the Niners an early TD. Fred Warner forced it, the former Cougar. And the Niner defense just throttled Green Bay the rest of the game. That was awesome performances by those two defenses. Right on. Saints have basically wrapped up the South. They're now four games up with five to go after beating the Panthers. You buying the Bills? As a legit team when we get to the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Really? To get do what? Go to the Super Bowl. No. Oh, okay. They win again. Beat the Broncos 20-3. Monday Night Football, the Ravens. Keep your eye on the Ravens. Ravens-Patriots rematch in the AFC title game. Looks like it'll be entertaining. It's the Ravens and the Rams tonight, 6-15 on ESPN. You can hear the game on the Zone Sports Network. It'll be on 1280 The Zone, while the Jazz are over on 97.5 The Zone. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690 at Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up next, Frank Dolce. We'll talk with him about the Utes and his post-game boring remarks. That's next. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922. Just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport Parking. is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Tony, where are you at, man? Montego Bay. Let me ask you this, Tony. How's Nat enjoying the trip? Is she enjoying Jamaica? I told you I could not take her on this trip. I, I feel really bad. By the way, happy birthday, Nat. Just yeah. I've been getting attacked for this. It's her <sighs> birthday. You didn't go to the Boise Classic. You're in Jamaica, man. You took her to Oklahoma City, but you can't spring to bring her to Jamaica? I feel bad. I do. So this is how it went down. Nat, I have to fill in on a trip for 
Utah State. But I'm bringing you with me for your birthday. And she got all excited. And then you logged on and looked at the price and went back to her and said, uh, just JK, I'm not bringing you. <laughs> Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Purchase Ford fans on all you need tickets to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford fans on all you can eat tickets now. It's time to talk a little football with the former Utah quarterback, Frank Dolce. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you had a nice weekend. We did. You had a boring weekend, at least three hours of it. I heard you on the postgame show. Your word for the game, boring. It's what the Utes needed. It's what they got. Total domination. You weren't very interested in it. It wasn't interesting. But they need to be way better than everybody else than they were. (laughs) I think you're mischaracterizing my comment. Nope, that's precisely. (laughs) Well... I said Utah made it boring. I didn't say the game was boring. And I, I think that's exactly where Utah should – I mean, that's what you want this team to do. You don't, you don't want the team going up and struggling against Arizona or UCLA or, or even Colorado this, this coming weekend. And, I mean, that's just that, – that you, you, you need this team – if they want to reach all their goals – I think you need this team to be right on top of their game. And that the boring comment is certainly not an indictment on the way Utah is playing. It, it is, it's a compliment that Coach Whittingham and his crew have, have been able to keep his team so focused in games where the competition isn't quite the same as it, as it has been in the past. Well, I was there, Frank, and the game was boring as you know what. So if that's what you said, it's been Utes made it boring, and Arizona made it boring because Arizona is an atrocious football program. And all the talk was about Oregon losing to the Sun Devils up the road about 100 miles, and somehow that's supposed to impact Utah negatively. You and I have been on the same page uh, as this. Uh, with this, I should say, because we think that the Utes are deserving, but we don't trust the committee to put them in there. Now, this is a further blow because it's particularly, I think, an, an understated blow, too, with Oregon getting the t- attention with the big loss and the surprising loss. But also Washington, which was Utah's best road win, now is also devalued because they're 6-5. and five, And they have had the most disappointing season of anybody, even more so than Stanford in the conference and more so than Washington State because I believe they were picked to win the North and now they're not going to get anywhere near it. So Utah's best win on the road is against a 6-5 and five team. I guess you could say maybe uh, uh, BYU, but most folks don't really view that as a true road game since it's just down the street. But they're, the team with the most wins that they've beaten is BYU at 7-4 and four, and then Washington at 6-5, and five, the Devils at 6-5, and five, I think Washington State's there too. And those teams don't have any form of glossy record But to me, I'm upset that somehow that that Oregon loss detracts from Utah. They haven't even played yet, 
and somehow it, they haven't even beaten them either, and somehow that detracts. To me, it speaks to the inequity of how some te- conferences only play eight games, other teams have to play nine, and the Pac-12 has been notorious for beating each other up, and because of that, because teams at the bottom have some skilled players that are really good, somehow that's supposed to impact neg- negatively upon Utah. And Frank, I'm furious about it. Yes, I I hear the uh, anger in your voice, and it's strong. That, that loss, yeah that that Oregon loss, it, the the Pac-12 just whatever reason they have a lot of they have a lot of work to do in the eyes of the committee, and and the committee took you know or whoever, whoever the coaches I guess we, we're not going to know about the the college football until Tuesday, but the, the coaches polls, I mean they just they they wrap. Oregon on the knuckles. I mean, they took a significant drop after that loss. And that's and fine. That's Oregon. Sure. It's not Utah. Sure. The, the issue is, I mean, I, had Oregon gone through and Utah gone through undefeated, then it, it, that really makes it difficult on the committee to leave one of those, those teams out. And now... They just have. There's just this built-in excuse. They've given the. You know that loss gives the committee some cover, because, you know Oregon, Oregon just can't lose to Arizona State. I mean that just that just couldn't couldn't happen. And and then like you said, the other one that people aren't talking about that the committee will talk about is well your best road win is took a took a terrible loss to Colorado. So all Utah can do at this point is to go in and. Or, or have Colorado come to town and then same thing, make that game boring. I mean, Utah needs to do kind of this a little bit of the – and I fully expect it. I fully expect a game where Utah dominates on the defensive side and Colorado has a hard time putting any points on the board and then Utah scores in that 35-42 to 42 range again. And, and that's all that they can do. And if they do that – I mean, then you just you you just have to let the the chips fall where they where they may, um, and and hopefully get yourself into that conference championship game and and come out of that on the right side. the The issue with with Oregon is with that Oregon loss. Utah could have. I mean, there was this potential of had Utah gone through and Oregon gone through, you get into the championship game. And for some reason, Utah isn't able to come out on top in that one. Oregon does. Then they get into the playoff, and Utah still falls into the Rose Bowl. So that kind of cover, I mean, I think that was still far-fetched. But even that kind of coverage now is gone. And, by the way, I think I think Coach Whittingham and everyone else would like it this way anyway. You just have to, you know what, you control your destiny. You have to take care of your business. Utah is, is absolutely in that position right now. So if they beat Colorado and if they get into the championship game, win the championship game, then then people are heading to Pasadena. And I think that's a remarkable football season. Absolutely is. Yeah, I agree 100%. So it's more fun to talk about offense and defense. That's probably why you played quarterback, Frank. And more people talk about the quarterback than anything else. And so but let's set Huntley and Moss for aside for a second and talk about the defense, two shutouts, nearly had a third one here. This is the second time, because the same thing happened at Oregon State, with backups out on the field, the opponent scores a touchdown in the 
last possession of a blowout. And then on top of that, they held ASU and UCLA to three points each. It's not even close. They've had great defenses before, but this is the best one. No matter how good those other ones are, this one's topped everything, hasn't it? In terms of productivity, I don't think there's any question that this is the this is the the best defense uh, Utah's been able to to put on the field. I I'm curious. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to give any excuses. Um, this is a funny Pac-12 this year. I, I think the quality of the opponent isn't great, but still, you're looking at a UCLA team that came to town and they were averaging around or just over 30 points a game in their previous five games when they when they played Utah. And if you look at Arizona offensively in the Pac-12, they've been fairly productive, and it you know it was just completely stifled and shut down. So. Uh, and by the way, my I I do like talking about offense, but over the over my time with the with the university and with the community and 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 watching this football program evolve, um, I've become kind of a defensive. I really like the defensive side of the ball. I like a defensive football game, and the way that Utah has always it's it's like. When you think about Utah football, it's the thing that you've been able to rely on year after year after year, that Utah will bring this championship-caliber defense. And they've even ratcheted it up a notch this year. And, and, and then they've added this, this kind of championship-caliber offense. So I love it. I love a defensive football game. And in I, the way that Utah is playing right now, and, and what Morgan Scally is doing with that crew right now and the depth of talent, it's been amazing, incredible to watch. And, I mean, it's almost to the point where a, a team, an opposing team gets a first down and you're kind of kind of scratching your head like, well, what's wrong, what's wrong with the defense? They're, they didn't come to play today. And if you look at what they've done over the past few weeks, I mean, we're going to – at the at the end of the season, we're going to take a look at these numbers, and and you're just going to think this is an un- unbelievable kind of lifetime achievement out of a defensive unit. Yes, when you have seven seniors who have a shot to play in the NFL next year, and speaking of next year, Jalen Johnson, who's basically already told us that he's leaving as a junior, you'll have eight guys off a singular defense that will have a strong opportunity to play in the NFL the following year. That is almost unheard of. I don't know that Alabama, Clemson, or wherever, Ohio State, whichever team you want to put up there, obviously nobody from the Big 12 because they barely play defense over there, but the other conferences that they can match that. That's why Utah deserves this chance to see how good it is. I don't think they're going to get it, but I think they deserve it. But having all that in mind, the greatest return home in the history of coaching assistant coaching anyway is Andy Ludwig he has been nothing short of brilliant I want to hug him Frank that's how good he's been <laughs> and I know how you feel about your personal space so that's exactly that's that's saying something <laughs> yeah that, that that was the one piece of the offense that that uh, we talked about and I talked about beginning of the season is what kind of difference would Andy Ludwig make? And I think people 
you know, Utah came out of the gates, was okay, first three games, took, took that loss to USC, and I think people were really concerned because all of a sudden it was, it was Tyler Huntley reverting back to running around all, the, all over the place and mental mistakes on the offensive side and offensive line that couldn't get out of their own way and lack of productivity. Even though you, you know, actually came out of that game, it was okay. It wasn't terrible, but critical mistakes at the wrong time. And the way that, that Utah rebounded, the way that he managed his football team on the offensive side, and the way that I, I don't know what he did to, to make it click with Tyler Huntley, but that was the game when, when Tyler Huntley became a quarterback. All of a sudden, he came out of USC, and somehow they figured out, you know what, I just, I'm not going to win games running the ball 18 times, scrambling around 18 times. I have to figure out, and the offense will allow me to, to throw the ball downfield. I have to figure out how to throw the ball downfield. I have to figure out how to use my running back as a release, and I have to be able to sit in the pocket. And for whatever reason, whatever that conversation was with, with Coach Ludwig and Tyler Huntley, that thing clicked. And it's been unbelievable to watch ever since. And, and Tyler Huntley, who, who came to the season as an athlete and a guy who, if he was going to make an NFL roster, he would have made an NFL roster as an athlete, not as a quarterback. Well, he's turned that. He's flipped it around, and he may just give himself a shot in a camp somewhere. And, and uh, I, I don't think you can discount his not only his athleticism, but what he's done to change his game above the shoulders is nothing short of amazing. So do you expect the Utes to cover a 28-point spread against Colorado? We're going to have one more game that the Utes, in your words, are going to make boring. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kept, I, I'm always a little cautious. And, and I was cautious up through Utah-Washington. And the past few weeks I've been a little less cautious. In fact, I think I called, um, I thought Utah, I, I picked Utah 35 to, or 42 to 3 um, last week against Arizona. And it didn't quite turn out that way. Pretty close, though. So, I, yeah, I, I think that this is a team that has the ability, especially on the defensive side, just to kind of make you feel desperate, take you out of your game plan. Even though even though you don't necessarily need to get out of your game plan, that makes it, that defense makes you feel like you need to get out of your game plan. So I, I think it's going to be another one of those performances. You never know. I mean, you just never know. But um, th- this is a game where I think Utah comes out kind of the same same sort of sort of thing, thirty-five to seven, sort of a sort of a game. And at the end of it, we all think. Well, yeah, maybe maybe Utah did make it a little boring, and that's exactly how I want Utah to make it. 
I want it to feel boring by the end of the game. This game will not be boring because it'll be a home game. It'll be senior night, so you'll give curtain calls for all the seniors, so the fourth quarter will be nothing but a strong round of applause individually as players come off the field for the last time in their stadium. Arizona, there was hardly anyone there. There was no atmosphere. It was an embarrassment to Arizona just the way I wanted, I'd like to, I'd like to say. And here, there'll be a lot of electricity because when Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss come out offensively, they will get thunderous applause. So it will not be boring. It'll be a fine night enjoyed by all. Good night, Frank. <laughs> it should be. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Utah finds itself right, right on the cusp of doing some amazing things with a few, you know, just one one regular season game left, one conference game left. They just have to get over that hump and then and then get themselves prepared. But it sure has been a fun a fun season, uh, and and maybe maybe even with that loss to USC, an historic season as well. Thank you, Frank. Hey, thanks, guys. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Frank Dolce, former Ute quarterback and broadcaster, our zone Ute insider, joining all the shows all week long. And next week, I will help carry Kyle off the field on my shoulders. Okay. I'll tell you something I'm really pithed about, because I've heard it now from multiple people, and it has gotten under my skin, and I'm going to set the record straight immediately. Well, we got that to look forward to. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Join Hans and Scotty Friday from noon to three as Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. All right. You told us in the last segment you are pissed. Oh, yeah. You've heard this from multiple people. You don't like it. You're going to explain it to us right now. Yes, absolutely. You know, two weeks ago when I wrote that I don't think the Utes are going to get in, people took it as saying I don't believe the Utes deserve to get in. And I've been saying these last 10 days that I think they deserve it, but they're not going to get it. And people think that I'm trying to make up for what I wrote. I stand by each and every freaking word. I don't apologize for one word that I wrote. I believe it then. I believe it now. You mistook it. Not me. You. You're to blame. Not me. Yeah, I know I sound like Trump, but what the heck? You got it wrong. I never said this team was unworthy. I said this team wasn't going to get the shot because I don't trust the committee. And now with Oregon losing, I don't trust the committee even more because as Frank Dolce just said, and I agree 100%, is it? and he doesn't think they're going to get in, because he has his doubts. Not that he doesn't think that they're worthy to get in. That's two different things. People think I'm trying to suck up. I've never sucked up to anybody over anything in my entire life, and I never will. Okay. <laughs> Those are facts right there. All right. This team is worthy of it, but now the Oregon loss. 
somehow is devaluing the product that Utah puts out on the field, which is head-scratching to me. I called this nine years ago when this team joined the league. This is my league. I have been following it more than anybody in this town because it's my league. It's now your league. It's now our league. But it's been my league first. Yes. Well, I was rooting for a team in the PCAA. I don't even know what the crap that is. Pacific Coast Athletic Association. Never heard of it. You did too. Irregardless. Irregardless. The point is you got on the Pac-10 boat 40 years ago and you've been following it ever since. Yes. It's the near and dearest to my heart. I don't follow any league at any point. Any league. NFL, NBA, you name it. As closely as you follow the Pac-10. Yes. And I told you when this team joined the conference that there will be head scratchers Every year. Utah beating Stanford that time when Stanford was ranked fifth. Head scratch. We could go up and down. ASU beating Oregon Saturday night. Head scratcher. And somehow that negatively affects upon Utah. I don't see it. I don't buy it. Okay, you don't buy it, but you see how it could be applied. This is what Tim Brando came on the air and talked about. The committee will take whatever logical path they need to, to get to the result they want. So it's an inherent bias. So, yes. but, but then there was nothing Utah could, Utah could do anyway, which is what I wrote. And all you people who came after me, you know where you can go. Well, what they could have done is to go back two months and beat USC and be undefeated. That's no, but no. As a, as a one-loss Pac-12 champion, and we've had multiple people who, like you, it's their league. we got Oregon fans who are transplants who listen oh, to say— Oh, we got one Oregon. The Oregon Knights lost a big game. That's but, what they did. No, the Knights but, lost on Saturday. But he's 100% on your point. He says the history, BCS and playoff— if it comes down to a one-loss team here and a one-loss team there, the Pac-12 one-loss team doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. We got 20 years. And that has nothing to do with Saturday night. We got 50 years. There has, since 1979, there has been six teams, six, that have gone through the conference without a loss. Two of those teams were SC, and they had to vacate because of right. Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. So that, man, you have to include them, though. So six out of 50 years, and you expected the Oregon Knights. 40 years? Since 79? Yeah, six and 40 years. Go back. There wasn't any before then. Okay. There wasn't, it wasn't the 10. I, I basically went back since the, the conference expanded. Since they added the Arizona schools? Yes. The Oregon Knights lost a game. By the way, if you haven't figured out what he's doing with the Oregon Knights, think about it. Think about it. The night the Devils beat the Knights. Phil. Hardly anybody who was at the game. Phil Oregon is just basically a hooker. The Oregon Knights. They got beat. It happens every single year. The Utes, they got beat by SC. SC is a pretty freaking good team. Come on. They're a good team. Eight and four. Slovis They're is really up. good. He reminds me of Joe Montana with his pinpoint accuracy. Guy's really good. And they got big time NFL receivers. And he's really good. Be interesting to see what happens next year with that quarterback debate. I'm excited to see how that'll play out. Because obviously he took over for an injured freshman who's now a sophomore in Daniels. And so they lost by one touchdown. I don't buy it, man. I don't buy. I think they're going to get screwed. Which is what I said two weeks ago. 
But if you go 12-1 and and you win the Rose Bowl 13-1, and that's a heck of a season. You should feel awfully proud. All right, DJ and PK, there are a lot. We're getting a lot of feedback on how, how much impact this Oregon loss has on the Utes and how much – the two things, and again, it's the two things you get confused is what you are just talking about. How much should it have? How much will it have? We will get to that next, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.